Hello and welcome to the Atomic Impact Podcast designed to help business owners and leaders with short atomic episodes to impact your business for marketing, sales, business growth, personal growth, and much, much more. I'm your host, Jason Osborne, and I'm looking forward for your business and life to be positively impacted by this podcast. And as a thank you, just for listening, I'd like to give you free access to my LinkedIn mini course to help you get on the right track with LinkedIn to generate high quality leads without being spammy. All you need to do is go to www.impactforleads.com to get immediate access. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, it is Jason here again with the Atomic Impact Podcast. And today's episode, I have the privilege of interviewing Mike Hughes. Uh, He is a consultant dealing with change, change leadership, change management. And uh, we've got a lot of things that we can get into today. I'm really excited about having Mike on the show and just learning around um, change management and all those sorts of things. Uh, He has some great uh, stories and value to add in today. So Mike, thank you so much for being on the show. Pleasure, Jason. Great, man. Well, um, so one of the things that I'd love to get into a bit more, and I know we were chatting a bit um, pre-show around all this stuff, is the change leadership, what works, what doesn't, and the different things that you've kind of really used and have learned from to help form the the, the change and leading change in the multiple businesses and sectors and all that stuff that you've worked in for, for literally decades. So do you want to just kind of dive into that? I don't know if you want to start off with a story around that, but just something that you, you could get out of your mind while I was listening. I mean, I think the first thing is that um, like anything in, in business, leadership is absolutely key. Um, and uh, to be an effective change leader, whether you're um, sort of orchestrating the change yourself based on your vision, um, or more typically as a change leader, we're taking the vision of a uh, shareholder, an investor, a new CEO, or a combination of those things, um, and um, you know, sort of bringing that to life, as, as, as it, so to speak. Um, the, um, what, I've, what I've noticed um, repeatedly in both small high growth companies and very large corporates is where there is a very compelling vision, which is more than the usual kind of fluff and, 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 and sort of words uh, um, that, you know, that people think they should put into vision, but where somebody can actually paint a picture of what it is they see, uh, both in terms of uh, maybe a proposition or maybe how they want to change things for customers uh, for the company, its people. If there's a unifying vision, then that's a fantastic starting point because um, typically, uh, yeah, a change program, there's some kind of mobile mobilization session, um, and often that's kind of you know day, two two days away from the start of the program. Actually, where I've seen and been involved in change that has been very effective is there's a kind of a run-up phase. So. Um, what I would uh, what I would link it to is, is a little bit like saying I'm going to run the London Marathon or the New York Marathon. Um, yeah, clearly there's a there's a whole mindset shift that you have to get into uh, in order to you know, to sign up for the the event in the first place. And then there's the training piece, and that's often missed. 
So where possible, where there's a particular, and this particularly works where there's a new leader, taking the time for that pre-initiation phase to set out the vision, I think is really, really important. And that helps in terms of a, a guiding point you know, for, for the change itself. And to, still, you know, sort of 20 years into people doing digital and digital transformation, by the way, um, you know, one of, my, one of my strong pieces of advice is don't call your change program digital transformation. Uh, because frankly, in you know, 2021, um, if it's not digital, then there's a there's a huge problem anyway. Yeah. Um, but that but that aside, you know the the, um, the greater the ability uh, that everybody involved in that program has to buy into that vision picture, the better the the better the result um, you're going to get. So don't just frame don't just frame the change around. Uh, technology, you know, however wonderful the tech stack is that um, your CIO or, or you yourself, um, you know, are the strong advocates of. Um, if the if the if the whole program is purely based around uh, the technology, then it's not going to be highly effective. Um, so I've for for sort of ten to fifteen years, I've always talked about this kind of initiation phase. There's then a kind of a there's then a kind of a diagnostic or, or discovery piece that says, let's, with a fresh pair of eyes, um, and this is sometimes where, you know, somebody like me or one of my associates with a fresh perspective takes a, just a, just a, a diagnostic, um, runs through a discovery pr program in terms of saying, what am I seeing here? What am I seeing here from a, from a people process and technology perspective? So what's the, um, you know, to use that old phrase, the baseline, what's the starting point yeah. uh, before we, we, we start to design a change program? And then I firmly believe that there's the, there's the kind of the, there's the vision set out by the CEO or the founder or the CMO or whoever the sponsor is as the kind of the, the target or the North Star. But that's not, that's not necessarily what you plan for. I think we then look at, um, you know, different beats uh, in terms of the change, mm. we then look at, you know, what are the, what are the complete no brainers? So if you look at established organizations, they often have layered complexity. Um, and, you know, over a period of time, things have happened. The regulator has said, you need to do X, Y, Z, um, you know, know your customer, KYC uh, type stuff, adds process, um, adds complexity. Yeah. Don't necessarily refine from that point of view. So I'd say, you know, this, at this point, in terms of the kind of prescription for the change, start off with, um, you know, what can you actually see? Um, so as, you know, as a consultant or as the change leader internally, look at a fresh pair of eyes at, you know, at what you can see today. And there's, there's often um, a kind of a phase zero of change that can be affected, tactical change, by just looking at process and policy and just sorting some of that out. Um, yeah. An analogy I'd give is you, you can you can basically run the same program um, uh, or same process in say an established financial services organization, a bank or an insurance company uh, from a point of view of a transformation. You could run the equivalent from a, you know, defining an operating model for a startup. And clearly the startup has the same regulator as the established play, 
but they don't have any of the history and the baggage and the layer complexity. So um, what I often do in terms of workshops that we run when we're initiating is to start with, let's get everybody in the startup mindset. So please forget Mr. Subject Matter Expert that we co-opted onto the team. Yeah, yeah. Everything you know about the organization, what works, what doesn't, what the limitations of the technology are, because that yeah. helps you give, that helps you frame what you need to build. Yeah. Um, as a, as a kind of a midpoint. So um, I'm, I've got I've got a question around that yeah. actually, Mike, because um, whether you're talking specifically around digital transformation or or maybe you know whoever's listening to this, you might have a, a smaller business, but you've been going for a while, and I think that whole concept of so here, here, here's my experience. I'd love for you to just give your thoughts around this and, and it might be able to help some people out as well. Sometimes there are people in an organization and, and it's usually certain personality types. That's not a negative thing. It's just we all have different personality types. But some people just, they, they love hanging on to the way it's been done. Mm-hmm. They, they don't like change. It's the way we've always done it. Why would we change this? Um, and and I, I have found in my experiences working with those people can be really challenging because it's like they're even if it's really clear that it's more beneficial to do a different way they, they're just bed in there like, no i'm not doing it different so how what would what suggestions what advice would you give to uh whether you're ceo or leaders that are leading that change and having to deal with people like that to help them move into that change or what if they won't change what if they just go no and they're they're resistant the whole entire time what what experience have you had with that and what would you recommend around that yeah so i mean i think the um what you're describing um often applies to people tenured people in an organization a larger organization but can equally apply sometimes to maybe uh, in a much younger organization smaller organization a founder or the founders and their teams. Um, so um, on the one hand, you've got the, the situation you describe is we've always done it this way or in, the, in, in you know, for the last decade, we've done it this yeah. way. Usually the most effective, there's two, there's two tactics there. One is to make sure that you take away any fear that anybody might have around, you know, what's in it for me? Because if what's in it for me is at the end of this project, uh, I have no job. Um, I have a different job that I don't want. Yeah. Um, or I'm scared that I might not have the skills for the new job. Then you need to you need to fix that uh, prior to somebody coming onto the program um, on a part time or full time basis. Um, and ideally, um, and not necessarily just financially, uh, you incent people to contribute in the way you want to contribute. Um, another tactic that, that I use instead of, or often as well as, is actually play back, um, play back the frustrations maybe customers have with you know, your whole insurance claim process or um, the mortgage process um, or you know, all the admin related to renting a car at an airport, um, yeah. you know, a, a queuing system, uh, all the you know kind of all of the re- repeat keying of uh, information uh, before you get to basket um, on a on a checkout maybe of a, a company who haven't refreshed their e-commerce site for a while yeah um, and that can be that can be very powerful with the, with a kind of the smaller company and the founder team 
Um, you know, one of the problems is that as businesses scale, particularly high growth businesses, that they're used to literally deciding each day who's going to do what and what the focus is going to be. Yeah. Suddenly you start adding professionals to the mix. And, you know, and Susie, you've just recruited to do marketing, doesn't necessarily want to do operations on a Thursday afternoon. Um, and she may not want to be involved in the back office program and she might, you know, she might be able to help. So again, I think it's fixing the, the, the environmental context, the personal context, the what is, what's in it for me um, or, or, you know, him, her involved in the program. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good. And, and I think what you've hit around that is, is fear um, for a lot of people as well. There is that element of fear when change comes in. Um, and some people just, as soon as you hear, they hear the word change, they just automatically don't like it. You know, they're just, that's how they're wired. But I think what you've said around making sure that you come back to them and say, look, well, this is, this is, we're not looking to get rid of your job or, you know, whatever, you know, and I've, I've found that particularly like tenured people that have been in a business for, for quite a while, you know, they, they might even have insecurities, um, particularly if it's someone younger coming in, or if there's a new piece of technology that maybe they're not quite familiar with on how to use, um, they're, they, they may even be afraid of that being exposed. Like maybe they don't know how to use that or would someone else younger than them, um, be better than them at their job and all that sort of stuff. So I think that managing that, what you've suggested around that is really, really good and a key tip for people to take away from. So good, good. Any, any last tips, Mike, that you want to add into that, that you think people could really benefit from? Um, if not, we can go in because I know it's atomic impact podcast. So we're doing short episodes, but uh, you, you've given some good advice around all of that around change and, and leadership change. So. Yeah, I, mean, I think the last point I think would be that yeah, any change leader, um, whether whether it's their job uh, to be the you know the change director uh, or the program director or an executive um, driving change, I think visibility is absolutely key. Um, so um, work with two very large global organisations in the last uh, ten to fifteen years, and part of the reason that those programs were so successful was that you know, a couple of very senior people sponsoring those programs made sure that at least once a week they'd wander over into that you know not particularly attractive building at the far reaches of the campus yeah uh, where a whole gang of consultants and specialists um, and you know technology folk uh, uh, folk and SMEs that had come in from you know their whole network of their whole business um, and just sit and talk to them and just understand what some of the pressure points are. And also, you know, take some issues and make some decisions live. And I think if you can, if, if people can see a difference in focus and momentum and the change program is not just something that's happening elsewhere and is truly owned by the very senior people in the organization, that helps as well with the kind of the fear factor that you asked me about earlier. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and, and I've I've seen I've seen the good and bad of both of that. So I've seen organizations where the leader you, you, they're not seen, and you hear of all this stuff, all this change is happening, and it's hard to buy into that if they're not around. But I've also seen it done really well, where the leader is 
doing exactly what you said, you know, um, they come in, whether they do once a month meetings, or even even if it's kind of a smaller organization, whether they do full staff meetings, and the leaders there to take questions and answer stuff and address those concerns. And I wouldn't say it's necessarily an easy position to always do because you don't quite know what questions you might get asked. Um, you could be put in the hot seat and that's what you are. You're in a hot seat. So I understand the challenge behind that, but if you do it well and, and the motives behind what you're doing is right and you're able to properly address those questions, it can change people's whole attitudes and mentality behind the change that's taking and you actually get a whole group of people behind you to help drive that forward and it's so much better so that that's that's awesome really good advice mike well listen for people that want to know more about what you do if they're looking for that change of leadership and want someone like you to come in and just have a chat with initially and maybe have them help you do that how's the best way for them to get in touch with you and find you yeah so um so at mike.hughes at peopletechuk.com um, or reach out to me, um, you know, on, uh, on, on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, like everybody else, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a strong advocate of, uh, of using the platform. Um, and I would say, you know, um, uh, cl- clearly um, you know, companies have different sort of starting points uh, and, uh, you know, and different needs, but uh, always very happy to talk around uh, you know, an approach that uh, that might work, whether we end up being involved with it uh, or not, then uh, please do contact me. Amazing. Great. And um, we'll have all of that information in the show notes for people just to click on as well. So um, if don't worry about it, thinking, oh, I've got to go back and re-listen to it. It's all in the show notes. Just look there and you can see all of Mike's information and we'll put that in there. So Mike, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for sharing your, Pleasure, your wisdom and, and experience around all the change that you have helped other companies with. So thank you for that. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Atomic Impact Podcast. And as a reminder, please go to www.impactforleads.com to get free access to my LinkedIn mini course to help you get on the right track with LinkedIn to generate high quality leads without being spammy. And please also like and share this episode with others and leave a comment as I'd love to hear from you. This is Jason Osborne and I look forward to sharing the next episode of the Atomic Impact Podcast with you.